Hello, Actor Casters. Welcome to episode number 14 of the Actor Cast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you haven't already done so, head to actorcast.fm and sign up for our newsletter. When you receive our newsletter, you will receive the latest and greatest information when it comes to upcoming guests, Q&As, showcases, as well as information on how you can become an ActorCast member by joining our ActorCast membership community. So be sure to head to ActorCast.fm and do so. So today's episode, we are talking with acting coach Hank Schaub. And Hank Schaub is the co-owner of Penny Templeton Studio in New York City and teaches a wide range of classes, including camera technique, green screen, and private coaching for actors. He's a graduate of the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and has had an extensive acting career off-Broadway and has appeared in a variety of different shows on television like All My Children, Ryan's Hope, and Law and & Order. And in this episode, we are talking about all things acting, all things about the craft of acting. For you actors tuning in, I think that you will really get a lot out of this episode. We talk about work ethic as it pertains to actors, why Hank believes actors uh, tend to be some of the laziest artists out there, and why we need to, in a lot of ways, treat ourselves as if we are Olympic athletes to kind of train in that capacity. We talk about the importance of script analysis as well, why this is such an important exercise and class that actors need to engage with. And we also talk about the biggest struggles that actors face working in the entertainment industry. This episode is chock full of a lot of great wisdom and information. Please head to Apple Podcasts and let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. We at ActorCast would greatly appreciate this. So without further ado, let's please introduce today's guest of ActorCast, Hank Schaub. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Actor Cast. Today, we have a very special guest joining us. His name is Hank Schaub. Hank, thank you so much for being with us on the show today. You're more than welcome. I love talking to actors and talking about the craft and business of acting. Yes, I'm very excited to have you on the show. We got connected by a friend of ours, Ryan Kessler, who is actually uh, one of the first guests on the actor cast, and he was raving about both you and Penny Templeton, who we'll be having on this show soon as well. And I know both of you have uh, worked together for, for many years as uh, co-owners of Penny Templeton Studio in New York. So I'm really excited to, to dive into your perspective, not only as an actor, but as an acting coach as well. We have a lot of actors who tune into this sh show, so I feel like they're going to be learning a lot today, which is very exciting. Well, I hope I can contribute something. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure you will. 
so I'm wondering if we could just start off the conversation by you sharing with us what inspired you to become an acting coach? Because I know you obviously have a, a long career as an actor, but what was it uh, about coaching other actors that appealed to you? Well, I think when I was always acting, in between acting jobs, after I'd been in the business for 20 or so years, I thought, you know, I think I might enjoy teaching. And I'd considering going back to my alma mater, the American Academy, and different things like that. And, but I never really took it super seriously. And then when I met Penny, she was coaching. And she was working privately with James Carver on All My Children. And then suddenly she had a whole bunch of clients at ABC and even the network was hiring her to work with actors. And we started branching out and then adding on private. So I started helping her develop that, her coaching business. And then someplace asked her if they would teach, if she could teach a class. So I helped her set up a class, some classes for them. And then it became time for her to start her own studio. And that was fine. We rented some space and she did that. And I helped her on that end. And then it finally became time for us to build our own studio. And so I said, well, honey, I'll tell you what, look, I'll help you with it. I'll come in, you know, maybe I can teach a little bit of some of the classes and we'll, we'll get going. And I'd been there as part of it from, from the beginning. So I knew exactly what was going on and how she taught and all of it. And so I started teaching my beginning class. Well, first I did, I guess I was helping you with the advanced on camera class, starting up how we do the camera shots and working out all the tech stuff and then teaching that and directing the scenes. And then she would teach the acting part. And then with her master classes, she had to add another one because we got so, much, so many actors that I took over then our beginning acting technique class and have worked on that uh, since about 1998 now. <laughs> and, I, and then I added my script analysis and we and the next thing I knew, I was no longer acting. I just, it, the studio took over. And I, I love teaching. And I love watching someone go from having been a secretary or been someone who just was curious about in, industry that came in that really then had the curiosity and the work ethic to really want to learn to do it right. Because the thing most actors don't really understand, and I mean this, I don't think most actors do, it really is a craft. And it is like learning, well, you know the old saying, it's not brain surgery. Yes, it is. Learning to be an actor is like learning yeah. to be a brain surgery, and there might even be more you have to learn. And that's what most actors don't get. Um, and I loved watching actors grow, and then I grew, and... It's like, boy, you know, I'd like to go back because, boy, some of the stuff I know now, oh, my God. But I just, I had to basically, never intended to give it up. Um, it slowly became just, well, if somebody called me for a show, okay. And then it got to where I can't do it. But I love watching actors grow and develop and teaching them how, you no, know, if you really work at it, you can advance much faster than people think in our career. And I'm gonna shift gears to one of my biggest bugaboos, and that's the work ethic of actors. Yes, yes, this was, this was definitely definitely something I wanted to chat about, because uh, I, I think it's an important topic. Yes, well, I, I have a quote that I started using in conjunction with our advertising back around 1998 that I made up. The actors who work the most, work the most. 
and I mean that in a very literal sense. Of all the artists, actors are by far the laziest. And I don't mean <laughs> to be too pejorative, but for the most part, that's why they don't work and don't have the careers they want. Dancers, if they're in a Broadway show or they're at New York City Ballet, they still take class seven days a week. And then stretch and do technique stuff on top of that. Singers vocalize every day. And they work with their voice coach and their voice teacher, which are two different things, every week, every other week or every week, you know, at least one of them every week. Musicians, pianists, trumpet players, trombone players, saxophone players, violinists, they practice for hours every day. I mean, three, four hours every day, even if they're playing in an orchestra, working on their technique to improve their technique, to maintain their technique, and also to then interpret new pieces. Painters paint every day, sculptors sculpt every day, writers, it's their mantra, you have to write every day. Actors, yeah, I took acting class. <laughs> and then they think, oh, I have an audition and then nothing happens and three weeks later I have an audition and they expect to walk in and nail it. And what have they done in between to maintain any of their skills? Right. Actors need to have the work ethic of a, actually of world-class athletes. If Look at baseball players. If you go to a baseball game, before the game, you see them doing these drills. The drills are the exact same drills and done in the exact same order and format that they learned to do in Little League when they were eight years old on the fundamentals. And no matter how good they are, all-stars, whatever, before every game, they go out and they practice their fundamentals over and over and over again. Technique, technique, technique. The beginning of the season, right now baseball season's coming out. All the teams are going back into spring practice. And those same star athletes that won the World Series, that were on the All-Star team, they are doing the same drills for technique. They did. That they learned in Little League because they know from not having done it from October until now, they're rusty. And that's why they do two months of just working on technique to get their skills back up. But then even though they're playing in games, before every game, they work on their technique to get it better, to keep it sharp, and constantly improve. Actors, yeah, I studied acting once. Literally, that's, and that's why they don't work. Why, why do you think that is, that, that actors tend to be lazier than a lot of these other art forms? I think it's because in dance, in an athlete, you can see that, that how the technique matters, and you can see the hard work that went into it, and the hard work that goes into actually doing it. But our greatest actors make it look like they're doing nothing. They're just that. <laughs> yeah. And so it looks easy, because it looks like, well, you just do it. No, you don't. And th that's why there's so much technique, and I say it's like brain surgery, because most actors don't understand how much there is to learn, and so they stop at a certain level, and they get to be, they're pretty good. But pretty good means, yeah, you're going to be waiting tables at least half of the year every year. You're not going to be only working as an actor. If you want to have a career as an actor and only work as an actor, 
you need to go to your acting gym and you need to do acting exercises. Different ones, sensory exercises, practice breaking down and structuring scripts, script analysis, all sensory, all sorts of exercises, especially on the things you're weakest at, to get better at your technique. You constantly have to be exploring and learning more <coughs> about your technique and learning how to be specific, specific, specific. The great actors understand that acting and putting a performance together is a series of moments. And I mean split-second moments. So in a one-minute scene, most actors might have four or five things they're doing. Really good actors might have 20 things they're doing. Really good actors may have 100 things they're doing in that minute. And the, your great actors, the one you really admire, they have a thousand different things they're doing in that 60 seconds. Different little, they're having, for this split second, they're having this thought. Oh, this feeling is hitting him. They're wondering about this. They're reacting to this. You walk into your house, and you turn on your light switch, and the lights are out. What do you do? And I had this happen with an actor. He had to come in, turn on the switch. It was for an audition. And then he's supposed to flip the switch again, then go to a lamp and try that, and it doesn't go on. Then realize something's wrong, turn around, and then some horror thing or something gets him. But the important thing, I said, well, wait a minute. When you go into your house, and you flip a, flip a switch, what do you think about? Oh, well, the ball blew. I said, yeah, is that all? Oh, shit. Do I have any bulbs? Where the hell did I put the bulbs? Do I have the bulb I need for that? Oh, God, I don't need this. i got to get this thing. I don't have time to go. You have, there's a myriad of things, and most actors, all they do is they flip the switch. Oh, the light's out. Let me try it again. And the number of little, different little tiny thoughts that you put in are what we recognize as the real truth. And yes. when we say, oh, it's a really believable performance, well, that's what it is. It's Every one of those little moments you put in touches somebody that's watching it. Oh, I do that. I recognize that. that. And it hits them. And that's what makes a performance work. And the great actors know that. So they not only go, well, what do I think? Well, what would this kind of person think? What would that kind of... And so they'll put in all these... So all, the diff all these other diverse people in the audience will recognize then the truth in that performance. It will resonate with them individually. Because these actors took the time to identify all these little kinds of things that different kinds of people think when that happens to them. Right. And so now you put, oh, God. Then you do, oh, God, oh, no. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, don't tell me. All right, well, let me go turn the lamp on. Then you hit that. Now what? Oh, shit. Oh, tell me it's the fuse. Oh, shit. Where the hell's the fuse? Do I have any? Oh, God. I don't know. How many fuse? All these different thoughts. Yeah. But most actors wouldn't think to have one of them. Right. I, you, you make you make such a good point, Hank, that, that I think that that I, I think a lot of actors, especially those starting out, will will see the work of, of their favorite actors on screen or perhaps in a play and see how easy it looks. And they're like, oh, OK, there, there's not much to it, but there is so much to it. What what are some ways that actors who you know may be tuning in? that they could improve their work ethic? Is it a matter of setting aside a time each day to really hone in and, and work on that craft? Well, acting is not something you choose to do. Acting chooses you. If you're choosing to be an actor, you're going to hate it because it's going to eat you up and spit you out. It has to be you live for acting. Doesn't mean you don't have other things and you don't have relationships and you don't have a life. All of your great actors live for acting. 
That's the most important thing in their life is acting, the craft, being the best they can be. That's the most important thing. And once something is that in your life, you always have time for class. You always have time to do the exercises. We don't have time for things that are not that important to us. So actors need to ask themselves, how important is it really to me? Do I like the idea about, of being an actor? Is it fun? Is it a rewarding profession? Do I like all these things? But do I have to be an actor? Because if you don't, it's very hard to motivate yourself to do all of that. Your greatest athletes are the ones who are the first ones at the field for practice and the last ones that leave. Not because they're the most talented, but because they have that drive, that work ethic. They want to be the best they possibly can. And you're going to be very disappointed in the acting profession if you aren't driven that way. I mean, we have actors and guys say, oh man, all that, I got to do, wait a minute, that much? Well, this is only a little seat. Yeah. If you have one line on Law and Order and you don't do as much work as if you're the star of the show, you're not an actor. You're going and doing a line reading and you're like, oh, it's just one. No. You've got to do the work all the time. But you, ha I, you have to want to do it. I don't know how to motivate you on that. You have to examine yourself. Wait a minute. What is it I really want in my life? And if you don't want to really be a great actor, yes, you might get a career that takes off. People get off and they get lucky. They get a TV series. And then you never hear from them again. The actors who, like a Tom Hanks, they love the craft. They're always working at it. He does often does Shakespeare for fun. There's a group of actors that uh, oh, Josh Whedon uses. You know, the Agents of the Shield and all those movies and cult things. And... His actors get together on all the all these TV series and movies he does. You know what they do on weekends? They get together at his house or one of their houses, and they do Shakespeare for fun on the weekends to stretch and keep working on their craft. And that's what they do in their spare time. And there's a wonderful movie out there of uh, Much Ado About Nothing that they shot with what he calls his blankie cam. They were doing a reading. I said, you know, we should really do this. And they shot it at his house with a handheld camcorder in black and white. And it's brilliant. <laughs> and they shot it over a weekend because they've been working on it for a while. I said, you know, we should record this. And if you get a chance, watch it. But this is what they do for fun in their spare time. These are stars, people with real careers. But they want to get better. I think I think this really puts it into perspective, Hank, because, you know, people need to be as dedicated as possible. And I love how you used the analogy of almost like a, an Olympic athlete, really, if if they want to pursue acting and, and be great at acting. And, and so improving that work work ethic and heightening that work ethic to take it to take it very seriously, as seriously as you can take it, you know. Yeah. And so. I don't know a way for me to teach that to people and say, look, if you want this, this is where you have to go. But there's nothing I can say or teach to motivate that. I can put it out there. And what we do here is, you come, anybody can come into our beginning acting technique class. Originally, we only dealt with advanced working actors, and you had to come into an agent or 
but then we decide, no, let's open up to more people that want to get in the profession. And I love it when they come in. And then they can take our camera class, which will be the next step, where Penny and I both work them, so Penny gets to see the work. But we really get to see their work ethic, because now they have to do a new scene every week and prepare it. And if, oh, well, I was really busy this time, I, I had so much going on, I didn't really have time to work on the scene, I didn't have time to learn my lines, then that'll be the last class they'll ever take with us. Because if they don't have that, there's nothing we can do for them. We, we, you can't teach that. They have to have that. If they have that drive and will work, then, God, we want to work with you. But we work as hard as we can to get help our actors be the best they can be. And it's really disheartening when you have actors that don't want to do the work. But here's another <coughs> side note for you. People, actors are always worrying about networking. Oh, getting to know. How do I get to break? How do I get into this office? How do I get into that break? How do I get this? Your networking is the actors you work with in class. No more, no less. Yes. And you think back, look at almost every casting director agent out there. And director, what did they do first? What were they first? They were actors. So when you're in a class, are you always prepared 100% for every class? Whatever it is you have to get ready, you are ready. And are you helpful and, 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 and helpful to your other actors in the class? Because... We always encourage our actors, don't wait for work to happen to you. Create your own work. Uh, and most yes. of our actors have their own, have, their, have formed their own production companies that do little indie films, short films, all sorts of little projects, web series. And I can't tell, me, tell you how many times we've had an actor call us up that either has, a has their own production company or they're involved in a production company or they're involved in a production and somebody's quit the production, dropped out, suddenly they need somebody in a hurry. And this happens all the time. I'm sure you come across it. And I bet every actor listening has come across it. Do you know anybody that would be right for this? And we've had the act, and these people call us, and all of a sudden we'll bring up a name or they'll say, oh, wait a minute, you know so-and-so, this is so perfect for class. They'd be really good. And then they go, oh, wait a minute. Oh, no, he was always late for class. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, he never knew his lines. No, I can't use him. Doesn't matter how good an actor he is. Right, yes. He didn't know his lines. Well, I'm sorry. I, I was casting a movie once, and I, I gave the actors, they had, they had the script for uh, two days. It was two and a half pages. If they didn't come in and weren't completely, and it was an indie film shooting in 28 days on location. If they didn't come in and weren't, weren't perfect off book, I didn't even bother to watch the audition. Because what are you telling me? How do I know you're going to be able to be prepared every day for that director on set? You had two days. You didn't bother to put in the work. Then how do I tell the director you're going to put in the work for him? Do you see what I'm saying? And so what I just don't understand is that your class, those actors you work with, careers aren't built by any audition you do. It's you get a call out of the blue and someone says, hey, listen, can you come in and audition for this project? And you don't even know. Where did you, you get my name? And somebody that you had worked with, you were good to work with, you're always prepared, and they, need, they recommended you. And that's how careers actually then grow and blossom and you have a working career because enough people are going, oh, so-and-so, you want to use so-and-so, this person, we got to bring them in. Because you're always prepared, you're 100% there. You never have to worry about, are you going to know your lines, are you going to be, no. You're there and you're ready to work all the time. Yeah. 
that 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 preparation is is such a huge part about being an actor and 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 being prepared and and being professional. And look at your classmates from classes you've been in, and just think about them now. And how many were one hundred percent prepared for every class? Yeah. One, two, and which actors work now? <laughs> yeah. Which actors work the most? <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's, it's so important. And, uh, you know, everything that goes into the, the, the preparation. And as you said before, those actors who are fully committed uh, will find a way to get themselves into class and just constantly be preparing and, and studying. And in this way, I kind of want to pivot to one class that you particularly talk about. One of the most important classes that actors need to take is script analysis. And so I, I would oh, love for you to talk about this. Why is script analysis such an important class for actors to engage with? It's, well, it's the root of everything. What people try to do is they try to separate out all the different parts of the acting technique. And you can't. They're all work like this. And script analysis works with every single piece of the acting technique that you do. Because it's about motivations and what's going on and well, why will my character, when you create a character, if you're doing a lead, well the character starts the project here and when they end they're, they're here in a different place. Well how do they get there? So you have to look, okay, so you have to study the script, and then you have to go in each scene, well, what is it we're trying to accomplish, and what do we want the audience to learn from this scene? And in the way I refer to a scene, a scene is anywhere from a half a page to maybe a page and a half. And then the writer's doing something else to the audience, through the dialogue or what the actors are doing, or through the action. So every little scene is, well, what is the, why is this scene in the movie? What is it the audience, the writer, wants the audience to either learn about a character, a strength, a flaw, a relationship, a plot point? It could be the gun's in the bottom drawer. Or he's tired today. It could be something simple. But what is it, when you're doing this scene, what is the most important thing the writer had to put this in the movie because the audience has to learn this? Or they have to feel this and react a certain way to what's going on. Every single scene is put there for a very specific purpose. You need to figure that out. But then you have to look, okay, now I'm arcing my character. So and now what do, what's my job? What do I need to do as an actor to help the audience get it? So you also then have to look at, well, what's the function of my character in the scene? And actually, in every film, in every play, every single character is functional. Serving a purpose, representing something. <laughs> and in every scene, why are they in this scene? Why is this character in this scene? How do they serve getting the information to the audience? What do I have to do? And then you go, how do I want to do it? And now you create your character and you start to arc it. But then in every scene you have to go, well, my character grows from here to here, but it can't just suddenly change. How am I now going to suddenly, okay, in this scene, I'm going to have my hair combed a little bit neater. I'm going to have another button buttoned on my shirt in this scene from here on to the end of the movie. Little tiny, I'm going to 
slow my gestures down a little bit each scene, starting in here to show he's calming. Every, little teeny tiny things, but they all come from the script because you have to say, this is what I want to do. Well, now in this scene, and then what is the scene giving you? And all of the information, you have to learn to put it all together. And actors only look for the most part at, well, what is the script giving me? But the writer can't give you everything. You have to answer thousands of questions. You not only need to know what is your character doing, oh, the moment before the scene, what are they doing in the scene, but I think more importantly, what do they have to do after the scene? Because while you and I are talking right now, you're thinking about, okay, boy, when this is over, i got to do that. All these other things are creeping in and emotionally affecting you while we're doing this. They need to be doing that to your character. So, all of those, but you need to know what your character did last night, yesterday, the last week, five years ago, that uh, motivates them or unmotivates them towards what's going on in the scene. You need to know everything about your character's life. And that while the, the script will give you some of that, you have to learn, and I, I teach differently than anybody else teaches script analysis. That is not to say the others won't. Everything that's taught out there, there's a guy that taught it, Stella Adler, his name escapes me, who's written a great book. Valuable. Stella's books on uh, script analysis, incredible. All of those. I just, because I was a bit autistic, so a little of a Rain Man kind of thing, where the way I see, I'll look at a script and I'll see things nobody else sees, like they're highlighted. So I try to teach people, Okay, here's things that are there that you had no idea there. All I can do is show you, no, they are there. Now, you have to figure out with your brain how to get your brain to rec start to recognize them. I can teach you that there are things there that you don't know are there. And I use lateral thinking, extreme logic, and deductive reasoning. All carry to an extreme. And I think you have to learn to tie everything together and tie it with the craft and not look at it as something separate. Okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to give you an example of a little tiny scene I teach. To give you an example of how you use everything you've ever learned from the first day you were born, from every book, everything you've ever seen, ever heard in your entire life when you're doing script analysis. I have a scene that I teach, and all it says is, character's name, Nurse Harris. Then, excuse me, period. What do you think you're doing with that IV bag? Then a stage direction. Take, track, Janet, fade out. Now, if you're playing Nurse Harris, okay, well, how do you do more than line readings with that? That's all you have. No, that's not all you have. You have at least a full page worth of detail on your character and the situation given to you that you don't know is there. First of all, what's happening? It says, take track. What do you think? Excuse me. What do you think you're doing with that IV bag? Take track, Janet. Janet is somebody doing something wrong. Or doing something she shouldn't be with an IV bag probably in a room, okay? So the nurse is walking down the hall, she looks in her room, sees this person doing something to an IV bag. Well, what is she doing? Okay, well, add the juice. You can't, you have to know what she's doing. Well, the writer didn't give it to you, but how do you do the scene if you don't know what she's doing? So you have to answer the questions. So answer it, what is she doing? Well, 
we like to, I like to use the phrase, and this comes from Penny, add the juice. <laughs> what is the worst possible thing she could be doing with an IV bag? Trying to kill somebody? Put a poison in it? Or, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Actually, trying to kill somebody by what, what she's doing to the IV bag would be the worst thing. Oh. So now what does that make Janet? That makes Janet a murderer. But now, wait a minute. You're the nurse in the hospital. This is your floor. You're walking down. Don't you know what's wrong with the patients? Every All your patients under your charge there in, in your wing. Don't you know what's wrong with them? You've seen their charts. What's wrong with the patient in that wing? Why are they in there? Why are they in the hospital? What happened to them? You wouldn't know that. So answer it. Yes. What would be the most interesting choice that put her in the hospital? Tying in with the fact that somebody's in there trying to kill her. Or kill them. We don't know if it's a man or woman. Oh, maybe somebody already tried to kill them. They were a victim of an attempted murder. Oh. Because you, you, the nurse would know what's wrong with them. So choose something that's going to give you juicy. Acting is about putting things into the life of the character, the world of the character, that, so you don't have to act. That you react to, that stimulate you, that make you think, that make you feel, that cause things to happen to you. There's no acting in acting. Yes. So you want to put juicy things in. So, okay, somebody, so that, what does that make Janet? That means Janet could be the person coming back trying to kill them a second time. That makes Janet very dangerous. Okay. Well, now, if you're the nurse, how, uh, how does that danger affect you? Well, gee, are you single? Are you married? Do you have any children? Those are going to have an impact. <laughs> yeah. And those are questions every actor should always a answer about their characters, aren't they? Well, and it really does uh, allow the character to leap off the page. It gives them so much more dimensionality when the actors are asking themselves these questions, you know? But did you think that you uh, did you think those kinds of questions were part of script analysis? So now, if you're a single parent, oh my God, you can't afford to get hurt. So now, what are you going to do? Are you going to go charging in and try and save the patient from somebody who's already tried to murder them once and is back a second time? What ha what if you get hurt? What happens to your kid? So now, what do you have to do? Well, first, the thing you have to do is you've got to stop them from doing whatever they're doing. So now. Well, you have two lines. The first line is, excuse me. The second line is, what do you think you're doing it with an IV bag? So what are you going to do with the first line? Basic Stanislavski. What is your action and what's your objective? Your objective is to stop them from killing this patient. Okay. Well, what's your action? So you want to freeze them. To start, freeze them by startling them, by screaming out or do it in some way that you deliver the line, excuse me. Just with that. You want to stop, you're going to do, with that line, you're going to stop them from doing it. But now what do you do? Are you going to go in and fight them? No. How about getting help? So even though the next line is, what do you think you're doing with our IV back? You're not asking them. Now you have another reason to do it. You're looking around for where somebody can get down here. Does somebody try to kill this patient? Somebody please get down here and help. So you're, you're calling for help, not simply delivering the line. But now, where is that room in, term, in regards to the nurse's station? What time of day is it? These are all questions that have to be answered whenever you do script analysis. But people look, well, what, the script doesn't give me anything. 
No, your job as an actor is to answer them. So you put it as far down the hall as you can. It's 2.30 in the morning. The only people around are, are the um, uh, people like cleaning the floors and all of that. And maybe there's two nurses in duty, maybe the other nurse is down at the station. But now, wait a minute, if that person was a murder victim, uh, someone trying to kill him, where's the cop outside the door? Where's he? <laughs> Interview yeah. Yeah. So now, see, what happens now when you do the scene, you don't just have this line, excuse me, what are you doing as a, as a, as a one-line co-star? You see them, oh my God, you're looking, where the hell's the cop? Oh my God, you got to stop them, you do that. Now you're looking around for help, and where the hell is that cop? And you're trying to find somebody to call to get help. So now you have all this stuff going on, and you don't have to act. But by doing the script analysis, by not separating it from what the writer gives you, oh, here's, what, here's the information they're giving me, but answering every single question that when you really know acting technique are all the questions that have to be answered. And here's where the detail comes in. Every time you answer a question, there's another 10 questions that that answer now means you have to answer. And the, the greater the actor, the more of all those questions get answered. <laughs> and the, the, the more levels get, come into the character. But there's that simple thing where it looks like there's nothing there for you to do other than a line reading. No, you're a single parent. Uh, this is, it's so important for our actors to know this. You know, I, I've really enjoyed this conversation. We, we've talked about script analysis, the importance of work ethic as well. In the actors that you've worked with, what have you found have been the biggest struggles that actors face when they're working on things in class? What, what I guess, overall seem to be the most the biggest hurdles that, that actors need to overcome, whether it is at specifically on the craft of acting or, or the business side of acting? I would think it's the, the impatience that comes with being an actor. We want it now. And I have news for every actor out there. To have a sustainable working career, and by this goes for every profession, there's all kinds of books on the topic, it takes a minimum of 10 years. Minimum. 10 years. To really become a good at whatever it is you really want to do, and then get it to a point where you're it's sustainable. And that's what it takes on average. Bradley Cooper. That's what it takes. And actors want it now. They want it now. They want it fast. And no, it doesn't work that way. And so you have to put in this work. So, and then there'll be setbacks. You look so close, and then, oh, nothing happens. And, this, and it can get very depressing. And you can lose your motivation. So keeping that drive is probably the hardest thing for actors because there's so many ups and downs in our business. The business isn't fair. There's all kinds of things. And understanding that it doesn't matter whether you're the greatest person at the audition or not. That has nothing whatsoever to do with whether you get the job or not. Yeah. You reminded the director of the guy is right right away with. You ain't getting the job. I don't care if you were the best one there. There are so many intangibles that come into it that actors have to learn to, I guess the hardest thing for them to learn is to forget about auditions. Audition for themselves. Never audition to get a job, never audition to impress anybody. Go in, it's a chance for me to do what I really love to do. Let me really create this character and show them this is a performance. Let me really show them something interesting. And they go, okay, yeah, man, I did it. I hope you liked it. Okay, have a great day and leave. When you can get to that point, that's actually when most actors' careers really take off, when they no longer worry about 
whether they get the damn job or not. Because there's too many things that come into, into play. I saw a thing where there were five people in casting, but from network to local to, from the network to the local show to the casting, all these different directors, head writers, and they all were feuding. And there were six actors doing, six actresses doing the screen test. I was in the makeup room watching. And each of the uh, five principal people involved with the casting liked a different one of the six actresses. <laughs> so the one that nobody liked is the one that got the job because nobody was going to give in. Wow. Wow. That is the absurdity. <laughs> of trying to get a job at an audition. Yeah. You have no say, no control. So get that out of your head. Go in and have a good time. Create something you're going to be proud of and go in and give that performance and leave. Because what you want to do is have people say, there's three piles of pictures. There's one, nah, forget them. Oh, yeah, well, these are people that we're going to, let's see about calling them back. And then there's ones where the, the the producers and the director, people will go, no, I want theirs. They want, to, they, they want to keep your picture in their personal file as somebody they want to remember. That is always the pile you want to be on because you're not auditioning for that job. You want them for the next five years. I got to find a part for this person. They're really good. Oh, maybe I can use them in this. That's the pile you want to be on. It has nothing to do with the job you're going in for. Never worry about that because you have no control. But if you go in doing the best you can, creating something you think will be really interesting, not worrying about pleasing them, never worry about what they want or what they're looking for. How would you like to do this? And go in and do it and have fun. And then leave. Yes. That's how you get into that pile. Oh, I, I, love, I love this, Hank. It's, it's so important for all of our actors tuning in to, to keep this that's in the, mind. That's the biggest thing. Actors get down with the audition process and then having to build them back up and rebuild their confidence. Yes. Uh, Hank, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to join us on uh, the actor cast today. N not only for taking the time, but I really appreciate your your perspective and your love for the craft of acting and, and teaching actors as well. It's 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 so important to have someone like you who is really talking seriously about the craft of acting and and really approaching it as if as if we are Olympic athletes. I think it's so important to have that perspective. Where, where can our listeners find out more information about you and all the amazing work that you do? Well, I'm going to point two things. One, our website, Penny Templeton Studio, pennytempletonstudio.com. And we've designed this site to give you so much information, you'll always be, find, be able to find out when classes start, exactly how much everything is, if we have any pay, any information you want is there. I mean, I have people just sign up, I've never even met, just because we try to give everything there. But another thing I want to put out, which again, is to the craft and creating your own work. Last summer, with the pandemic, Penny was going, what am I going to do with my master class? And years ago, we had done the monologue, some of the monologues from Spoon River Anthology by Edgar Rice Burroughs, all those monologues from the graveyard. And we'd take the people, they would, they would do it in front of a green screen, and we'd have them come up out of the grave and do their thing and then go back in the grave. So he said, you know what? I'm going to have my master class actors create a character who's died of uh, COVID and then come out of the grave and talk about their life or their death or what happened. And they can do anything they want. And the monologues go from anywhere from about two minutes to just under five minutes in length. And there were 20 of them. And they cover any, you name them, this unbelievable. And 
it just gives you such an overview of what COVID has done to us. We're not trying to make any kind of political statement. Each actor wrote their own monologue. Penny directed them. And then when I was editing, I went, I can't just put these coming out of a grave. There's so, many, so much imagery. So suddenly it became this much bigger project of putting all this imagery behind them. And if you go on our website under resources, there's a thing, uh, you'll see Pandemic Anthology, Speaking from the Grave. And there are 20 monologues there, and you can watch them in any order you want, but I suggest you watch all of them. Now, and it, it will show you how creative actors can be, and also we encourage our actors to write their own material, to create for themselves. It's so important, and we're in the process now. We just did a, a very rough uh, draft of putting this together in a movie. It runs 72 minutes with the credits, but I have to even up the sound between the different monologues and all this because you're not we're watching it as one film. So I still have quite a bit of editing to do on it. And we're hoping it will get a, a wide viewing as a, as a short film because it really makes a statement on the pandemic. But it's on how actors can be creative and in writing for themselves what they can discover about themselves as performers. So if you want to find out about who we are and what we do, watch these actors because this is what Penny and I, this is what we teach our actors to do, how to create their own work. Don't wait for things to come along. Be proactive. So go to our website and look at the, look at the uh, monologues and watch. I'm serious. You watch all 20 of them. They are so diverse. You, it's amazing. Yeah, this this is great. Uh, I'll make sure to include the link to Penny Templeton's studio in our show notes. So listeners out there, all you have to do is scroll down in the show notes, click that link provided. You'll be able to check out all the amazing work that Hank as well as Penny are up to. So Hank, thank you so much again for joining us on the show. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of ActorCast with Hank Shobe. There was so much great information in here that I hope you actors tuning in will take and implement when you are working on your craft, when you are working on your acting career. Hank made some amazing points when it comes especially to work ethic that I think all of us actors really need to implement into our lives. So I hope you got a lot out of this episode. Please be sure to visit ActorCast.fm, sign up for our newsletter, join our ActorCast membership community to get even more information on the craft and the business of acting. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode, and you know what time it is. It's time to go out and create.